0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm bringing you a special episode today, the repost of episode number 106, where I had the chance to sit down with my good friend, Antonio Armstrong, and get a glimpse into his life of passion and a life well-lived. And in an unfortunate series of events, Antonio and his wife, Dawn, passed away last week. But I wanted to honor and celebrate his life here through the repost of the recording that we were able to do several weeks ago on the Success 101 podcast. We formed a very quick friendship when I had a chance to work out with him for several weeks down at one of his three training centers down in Houston. And I wanted to share two quick stories with you guys that are dear to my heart before we replay this episode. As I mentioned, I had the chance to work out with Antonio several years ago, and he brought me in on the first day to get a rundown of what my skills and my abilities were and my diet and nutrition So he could build a workout plan. And the very first question right off the bat, he said, what do you eat and do you snack very much? And he gave a one liner that I've shared with many people out there. When I told him how much I love cereal and with the most serious voice he could, he said, Cereal will kill you, dog. (laughs) I will never forget hearing him say that. And one other memorable story that's dear to my heart about Antonio, I had the chance to receive one of Houston's 40 Under 40 Top Business Leader Awards a few years back. And besides my now wife, Katie, I only asked two people to come to that event, and Antonio was one of them. And when I told him that I wanted him to come, he said he would check his schedule And finally, he came back and said, Hey, I can't come. I'd love to be there, but I can't. And I totally understood. It was a weekday night, it was a Thursday night. There's a thousand other things he could have been doing. And here's the deal, guys it wasn't like we knew each other extremely well at that point. But like I said, we had a closeness, we had a friendship, and I wanted him there. I knew he loved competition, I knew he loved to thrive on achievement, and I wanted him to share in that moment with me. And so I went to the event, we enjoyed the evening. And as we were leaving, we were heading out to the car and we walked out of the venue. And walking up the sidewalk was Antonio. And I don't know if I've ever seen anyone since that day in a purple suit and green shoes, but he definitely made a statement and was grinning ear to ear whenever he saw me. And it was, guys, it was one of those cool moments in life when you just knew that guy didn't have to come. And I said, I thought you weren't going to be able to come. And just in his genuine voice, and those of you out there who know him know what I'm talking about, grinning ear to ear, he said, I couldn't let a friend down. I was like, hey, man, the event is over. You're just now showing up. And he said, I know. I was just hoping I could catch you before you left. He had a family at home that he could have been with, a thousand other things that he was doing, and he was there. He got dressed. He came all the way downtown Houston, battled traffic, and he wanted to see me and be there for me. And that was a super special moment. And I bet a lot of us can say that about the times we shared with Antonio. He made you want to be better when you were around him, whether you're talking about competition, talking about business, talking about family, or mostly in talking about his faith in the Lord, he was a guy that you wanted on your team. Several years ago, I moved up to the Dallas area. We texted, we called frequently, and I knew I wanted to get him on the podcast because he would have such a great story to tell. Little did I know how great that story would be. And I'm incredibly honored to have known him And I've had him as part of my life. And I'm excited for those who haven't heard this recording to hear this today. And if you have heard this, it's likely going to take on a new meaning for you as it did for me now that we no longer have Antonio with us. And I feel that he really did live life. And that's something, unfortunately, I can't say that I strive to do in every moment and every interaction that I have. He was a devoted father, husband, friend, son, competitor, leader, leader and he lived his life being intentional about relationships and being in the moment where you knew he cared when you were around him. And I'm confident in this. Antonio was a man who loved his family. He loved the Lord and served him faithfully in his home, his business, his community, his church. And I'm excited to bring you the repost of episode number 106 with Antonio Armstrong. Welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm so excited to be able to introduce you guys to Antonio Armstrong today. And for those of you out there who may not know who Antonio Armstrong is, he is the founder of First Class Training in Houston, Texas, and was drafted formerly by the San Francisco 49ers and then later played with the Miami Dolphins and even spent some time in the Canadian Football League. And after his life in football, he opened up First Class Training, and they offer a ton of services down in Houston That include personal training, nutritional counseling, Pilates, corporate wellness, boxing, jujitsu, and he's even got a prepackaged meal line that's appropriately named First Class Foods. Antonio does a ton of things in life, but he's passionate about his family and about his relationship with the Lord and even serves as an associate pastor at his local church. And you guys are going to love getting to hear from Antonio this morning. And I would say, you know, Antonio is a very unique individual. I'm very blessed to have the privilege to know him. And I would say he is a man whose life can be summed up with passion, determination, and a strong drive for community, health, and fitness in every aspect of his life. Those are the things he strives for. But he is married to his wife of 18 years, Dawn, and is the father of three children, Joshua, Antonio Jr., and Keira. And uh, welcome to the show this morning, Antonio. How are you? I'm great, Jared. How are
1: you doing this morning?
0: Good. I'm so fortunate to have you here on the line. And we're skipping the surface with your intro there, but I want to give you the floor and just sit back and, and listen. So I want to kick off the show this morning with just a very broad lead-in here, and that is just give us a glimpse into the life of Antonio Armstrong, and I really look forward for the listeners to get to hear from you this morning.
1: You know, so first of all, it's my pleasure once again being here. If I was to lead off, I would say um, I am a what they call a choice. Everyone knows me for the different hats that I wear. Uh, they know me as dad, as husband, as father, as The preacher, but ultimately, when it's all said and done, I am a choice. And what I mean by that is uh, my mother was 14 years old when she was pregnant with me. My dad was 16. Uh, Of course, back there in 1973, teenage pregnancies was not a very popular thing. They had a choice to make, and the choice they made was to keep me. And because of that, uh, I have become everything that I have become in life. Uh, and when people talk about making it through adversity and overcoming hard times and things of that nature, I tell people I was born into adversity. I was born into a situation where uh, I was a poverty-stricken home and all, everybody had to work and pull in make, to, make, to make ends meet. Uh, but yet and still, through the midst of it all, it was normal and it didn't seem abnormal. Uh, There was love in the house and uh, my mom loved us all. She pushed us to do well, to treat people right. In high school, I found a passion to play sports. And little did I know uh, at that time, I really didn't know my father very well. Um, He passed away, actually was killed by his own brother when I was 17 years old. But leading up into that time, I did not know him that well. But everyone in the community knew him as the great football player that he is. And as a matter of fact, up until this day, every time I'm at Texas A&M, uh, I run into Jacob Green. And many of you may know him as the former Texas A&M All-American standout, as well as the all-pro um, defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, him and my dad were best friends in high school. He came from the same high school as I did. Uh, and Jacob would tell me how great of an athlete my dad was. Well, everyone expected me to be that great athlete, and initially it didn't start off that way. Uh, but somewhere down the line, I grew up and matured a little and became better at playing football, ended up getting a scholarship to Texas A&M University and I looked up, and I actually had a 4.0 GPA leaving school. It just was an amazing situation how my life may have been, may have started in turmoil, may have started in a situation where I really didn't have anything, but yet and still, uh, it all turned around and worked out well. Uh, It was a struggle. I wasn't the biggest kid, wasn't the fastest kid, wasn't the strongest kid. I didn't feel like I was the most talented kid at all. Uh, But I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be. It wasn't so much I wanted to make it to college and be that great athlete. But what it was, I wanted to be that guy that would turn around and be a team player that could help my team be the best that it could possibly be. And from that, uh, those individual accolades came and went on to college and and so forth and so on. But I think the beginning of my life was the foundation of where I'm at today and why I am the way that I am because uh, the choice my mother made to give up on her own personal uh, livelihood, her own personal goals, her own personal dreams. At 14, to sacrifice all that for a child that she knew nothing about, even though I was her child, she still knew nothing about me. I'm very thankful for that, and it made me be the man uh, that I am today.
0: Antonio, thanks so much for sharing that. And I would just ask personally for, for myself, I'm curious to know, starting with humble beginnings like that and having to really make your own way, uh, for lack of better words there, what is it do you feel like, what do you feel like it is within you that gave you that fire, that drive where so many people out there just in, we're all human, right? And, and we take the path of least mm-hmm. resistance many times. What was it that made you fight for more? What was it that made you want to get better?
1: You know something, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can uh, easily say that it was nothing but God. I can say that because before I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. And for some people, uh, that's not good enough for them because uh, they may not believe in God. But for me, that would be my answer. But for those that don't believe in a God, I would say that was a thought process in my mind. I think one of the greatest thought processes that I ever had was uh, the fact that to see my mom getting up every day, going to work early, I'm talking, my mom got into work, uh, she left for work at 5.30 every morning and didn't get home a lot of times so at 6 o'clock in the evening. And she was a letter carrier. I saw a mail carrier uh, working for the United States Postal Service. And I saw her every day uh, at school because she delivered mail to my high school. And uh, I saw my mom walking, carrying a mail. Uh, All the time coming home, uh, her back would bother her, shoulders would bother her, because back then they had to actually carry the mail and uh, put it in the boxes. And so to see a woman working that hard, I did not want any teachers to call. I didn't want anybody to give any bad reports, uh, principal having to call, getting in trouble. Everything I did was centered around that one thing. I did not want my mother to have to come deal with any problems for me. I wanted to be a help and not a hindrance. If I needed to iron her clothes for her in the, in the evening, her uniforms, I would do it. If I had to wash her clothes, I would do it. And that was my, um, like we tell everybody in life, you need a why. And you're depressed. A lot of times we get depressed because there's no why. We have to have a why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because quitting is the only thing that leads to depression. And I tell a lot of times, I tell people a lot of times uh, depression, in the example of Weight weightlifting, uh, if I took, uh, if you were someone that can lift 225 pounds six times, and I put 315 pounds on there and told you to lift it six times, you will struggle with lifting 315 pounds. And once you begin to bring weights down on your chest, uh, that is depressing. And so uh, when you push it off your chest, that is pressing. A lot of times we are carrying a weight that we have the capacity to lift, but we don't spend the time in training, through the rough times, through the supersets, uh, through the the burn, and through the trials and tribulations, in order to carry the weights that action on us. So my encouragement to anyone would be find your why, because when you find that why you will embrace the burn. You will embrace the hard times. You will embrace those moments because you know that that they are nothing but stepping stools in order for you to get uh, to the ultimate place where you desire to be.
0: Antonio, I've been to your training center down there in Houston, and I know that you've got three locations, I believe now, and you are a highly active person, very much a family man, very much involved in the community, very much involved in your church and involved in your Business and just life. Tell me when you look at other people today that are trying to get up each day and make a life for themselves, people who have the same potential or could have the same potential as you to be highly active and involved individuals, but just don't seem to be hitting their. Peak performance, as we talk about on this podcast all the time. What do you think business leaders today are lacking that is keeping them from finding what they're looking for out there in the area of whether it be success, personal fulfillment? What is lacking of those leaders today?
1: You know, a lot of times when you start to deal with a leader, one of the biggest problems with a leader is uh, the desire that burns inside of them. Uh, and that desire can be a great thing, and at the same time, it can be a, a negative thing. When you have a passion inside of you to take things to another level, And you look up and you don't see a manifestation of that level when you begin to implement these ideas and thoughts that are just twirling in your head. And when you implement them and you still don't see the manifestation of those things, when you've taken all your education and all your your knowledge and you've placed it into this one project that you're working on and you don't see the manifestation, the results of it. You don't see the revenue coming in. You don't see the customers coming in. The products are not moving off the shelf like you wanted to. You don't see productivity like you would like to see. That right there can become depressing. And it's very similar for those that do read the Bible, very similar to Joseph. Joseph had a dream that he was going to be a great guy one day and he saw everybody bowing down to him. Well, it's hard to tell. It's hard to keep a positive mindset when Joseph turned around and was thrown into a prison, sold off to slavery and went through all the different adversities that he went through. Uh, the truth to it is, is that you have to keep your eyes focused On what your ultimate goal is, regardless of what you see, you never allow your situation to dictate to you what your revelation is. You have to know where you're going, what you're going to accomplish and who you're going to be, because the strongest one, the strongest forces in this world that hangs upon the balance of love and that is faith. And if you don't have faith in yourself and belief in yourself, then you never can. But if you have faith in yourself and you believe in yourself, then you always will because situations are going to knock you down. They're going to hit you. They will come, but you have to get back up and get back into the game. And so depression that a lot of our leaders are dealing with is just that greatness inside of them that's waiting to be birthed. And you have to continue to work through that. In order to get to that point where you, want, where you will realize the greatness that's actually inside of you, that vision, that dream that's inside of you, you will see it. You, it will come to pass. You right now as a leader have to focus in on the step by step process because we want it all today. But the truth to it is by going through these processes we will be great once we get to that point and can't be knocked down.
0: So you mentioned getting knocked down and getting back in the game. And obviously you had great success in your collegiate career that led you to go on to the 49ers and then later to the dolphins. But at some point you found out that sports that you had been involved in for so long and had found great success in was no longer going to be an option for you. Take us through your mindset and your mental toughness that you had together in order to put the game of football behind you and then move on to the successful business leader that you have turned into today.
1: Sometimes when I think about where my mind was at at that time, it, I can just say, wow, because I always thought that I was going to be uh, this great uh, NFL football player once things really got rolling for me. I mean, you're great in high school, you're All-American in college, the ranked by Mel Kuyper, the number one linebacker in the nation uh, going into my senior year. And then all of a sudden you get to the pros and It's injuries and circumstances and situations that derail you. And to make it even worse is that I went to the CFL and I was, um, I had moved up the ranks again in the CFL, went to the CFL to get my career back on track, looked up and I was in line for defensive player of the year. Uh, I had several NFL teams wanting to sign me after the season was over with, Uh, 28 years old, I'm married with, with two kids. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is my time. I'm ready to take this next level. I'm ready to take this next step. I'm going to the NFL. I'm going to make this money. And on the 15th game of the season, all I had to do was finish out the season, and I'd have been back in the NFL. On the 15th game of the season, I broke my left ankle that ended my football career. And it was when the interviewers, when the, when the news broadcasters came in and asked me about it, I was in tears just really just in tears. I was distraught. I was torn down. And it's so funny when I finally got back home to the States, I'm in a boot, my legs hurting, and my wife asked me one thing, okay, so what are you gonna do now? And it may seem cruel, but that word that question really stirred something inside of me. You know, life goes on. Life moves moves on. And I come to the conclusion that uh, football was an avenue. But God is my provider, and regardless of what direction I choose to go, um, football was just something that I could do, but it wasn't me. And coming to that realization allowed me to open up and become more acceptable of the truth that it was over with. Uh, The next thing was that uh, I wanted to find out, you know, my next move, my next career move, and I'm like, what in the world do I want to do? I looked up and. Someone gave me an opportunity to do uh, to train at Ballet Total Fitness, and and when I tell you it took off at Ballets, I went from never training as a business to being number two in the uh, nation in less than three months in total personal training uh, clientele, and which was an outstanding thing for me. But uh, what helped me get over that hump and get to this next step was the the realization of it was over with. There was no going back. I, I can't replay the injury over and over again. I can't have any regrets. I can't be sorrowful. It's over with. And that's just it. Now, how do we pick up the broken pieces? There's no way in the world you can have a testimony without a test. There's no way to have a turnaround unless something bad, unless a problem pops up. You can't turn around if, if you're going in the right direction. So obviously, uh, situations happening and you have to make a detour or go another direction is for a purpose and a reason. But the the bottom line goal is, will you get to your destination?
0: So fast forward to today, I'm sure you learned a lot about mental toughness through those trials and circumstances you had to go to. Having to put a dream behind you that for so long you had pursued, even trying to get back into the NFL, and then you're faced with, what are you going to do now? And you should really thank your wife for asking you that question, because I'm sure it puts (laughs) you on the path that you're on today. But my question would be this, and I'm sure a lot of people out there would wonder the same thing. Today, with where you are right now, running your businesses, there's still trials. There's still circumstances that come on you. Life is not easy from a personal or professional standpoint. But tell us about your mental toughness today. What is it that keeps you going each day whenever you hit those road bumps in life and you know you have to push through and keep going?
1: I think the, the biggest thing or the largest thing, however you want to put it, I've come to the conclusion of one simple thing. My life is not my own. I may be in control of my day to day activities, but my life is not my own. Um, I may make decisions every day. I may consider myself to be a grown man with a lot of responsibilities. Uh, but having three gyms and having, you know, 20 something employees and there's no blueprint for this business, building it from scratch, I have come to a conclusion that I am not in control, uh, that ultimately God has the final say-so in my life. I need to relax and understand that he will always protect me, always keep me. Uh, Harm may come around me, but it will not affect me. Uh, I may be in a situation where situations may arise. It may get tough, it may get hard, but God will always preserve me and keep me. The number one reason why we get caught up in any adverse situation is fear. Fear breeds torment and, and torment comes because uh, you think about the fear of loss, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure. You can go down the line of all the different fears that, that you think of, all the different fears you think of. So when it's all said and done, it comes down to one simple thing. If you're willing to drive fear out and have faith and trust and believe that all things will work together for your good, Then you will be in a position that fear will no longer have a place in your life. Torment will no longer have a place in your life. You will find yourself sleeping better. You'll find yourself more relaxed than you've ever been. And you also will find yourself making better decisions because the worst time to make a decision is A, when you're tired, B, when you're fearful, uh, and C, is when you just have given up. Those are the worst, the worst times to make, uh, make decisions. And so uh, when I go through adversity today, I'm just like, look here, this is not all about me. This is so much larger than me. I don't have the strength, the capacity to control every situation. I can't keep my thumb and hand on everything. And the faster I let go in let God handle situations and I just put processes, procedures and protocols in place, and try to live life by particular rules and standards, from that point on, I leave everything else alone and let uh, God handle the final say-so in, in situations.
0: So you mentioned this idea of rest and how you've got to let go and learn how to rest I feel like so many people struggle with that today. Many of the episodes that I've talked about on the podcast have been about dealing with stress and learning how to rest. But on a day-to-day standpoint, when we get into the busyness and the grind of life, give our listeners just an insight into some things that you're doing each day, whether it be from rest to nutrition to obviously working out. I mean, guys, if you saw Antonio, he's one of the fittest guys that I know. You do not want to mess with this guy. But there's obviously some things that you're doing in life that are keeping your mind clear, that are keeping your mental focus where it needs to be, and as you said, those three situations where you don't want to make a choice or have to make a, a decision on something, what are the things you're doing each day just from a personal life standpoint that's keeping you healthy, keeping you rested, keeping you keeping your stress down? I'd love to hear a little mm-hmm. bit into your life and what you're doing in those areas.
1: Well, the first thing I do every morning is that I like to wake up and uh, do some type of uh, prayer and uh, Bible reading. Uh, I think when we get to the core of an individual, I say, man is a spirit, That possesses a soul and lives inside of a body and so uh, first you got to start off by feeding the spirit man that's the first thing you have to do and that will that will rejuvenate you that will energize you to carry on uh, your affairs of the day Uh, the next thing that I like to do is to have a a mindset of winning you have to have a mindset that you will win you will succeed Uh, you might have lost that day will represent a play in a football game or could be on a basketball court, but that one play does not define the end results. And so when you have a bad play, you have to have a short-term memory, get back in the game. Uh, You have to uh, look at, review that play, kind of go over it, have a brief, just a replay and say, okay, this is what I should have done differently. I'll put that in your um, in the mental compartment and just move on and be ready for it. Next time you see a situation that's similar to it, don't get upset with yourself. Don't carry grudges. Don't hold on to the past. Don't get caught up in what other people have to say about you and the way people feel about what you said. Now, when you are a leader, it's tough. Uh, And everybody's not going to agree with you. And even some of your closest friends are not going to agree with some of the decisions that you choose to make. But I've just learned that you have to, first of all, spend time with the Lord in the morning. Second of all, don't carry any grudges. Don't be frustrated. Thirdly, take your time. That's a big word these days. Take your time in life. Don't get in a rush. Don't let anxiety overwhelm you. Don't let your stress levels just go out the roof. When you feel yourself getting stressed you feel like you have so much that you have to do, Just stop for a minute. Relax. Take a deep breath and allow yourself to regain focus and attack the task at hand. You have to organize your day. You have to know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to accomplish it. And lastly, make decisions. Make decisions. Make decisions. Don't let things linger on. Don't procrastinate. Make decisions. Get the job done. And then move on. And you won't carry all that stuff to bed with you. And when it's time to go to bed, you need to find some method to download. Uh, If you have your phones, it could be uh, voice memos. It could be, uh, mess. I leave myself personal notes uh, on my my phone. What do you need to do next? What's the next great idea? Uh, All the things you think of while you're trying to sleep. Don't try to memorize it all. Think about it. and, And as you're thinking about it, just jot it down real fast and go to sleep. And then you can relax and be fresh for the next day. So as
0: we wrap up the podcast, I've got to ask, who was the most influential player and or teammate that you could look back on in your career, collegiate or professional, that you would say
1: made you better overall? Ooh, that's a tough question. I had a lot of great teammates. And believe it or not, my greatest teammates, uh, I can't give it to one person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't think of one person. I've had a lot of guys that mentored me uh, that, that were father-like figures. I've had guys that were um, little brothers that I had to mentor. And I had guys that were just great friends, great brothers that uh, we walked side by side with. So uh, with all that being said, um, I think about, um, let me think about the roughest times of football for me, when, when it was tough, when I didn't think I was going to make it. Like at Texas AM, my first two years there, it was very tough. I think about guys like Steve Solari uh, who was there for me, you know. Um he he didn't I don't know if he even knew what he was doing, but a lot of times when I didn't feel like I could make it, you know, he always gave me a pat on the shoulder. You know, hey man, you're gonna be all right. Just stay focused. Keep working. And he continued to help me. He gave me big uh little tidbits here and there uh, on what I need to change with my game. So I guess he's he's one of the best fathers I had per se in the game. Uh he really helped me uh, become a player not so much uh from the physical standpoint but more from the mental standpoint. Uh dealing with having a short short term memory, dealing with adversity on the field, uh, dealing with the bumps and the bruises. After I get chewed out with the coach, he was always there for me. So um I would put i I probably say i probably say Steve Solari. I hope none of my other fellow brothers hear this and, and 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 turn around and jump on me for this one. But since I had to make a decision, I'm going to go with Steve. <laughs> yeah, I definitely
0: put you on the spot there for sure. Well, Antonio, thank you so much. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. And I'm going, to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. And I'm going to say that you have, I mean, so much wisdom to offer on so many of the ideas that we talk about here on the podcast from peak performance, energy, nutrition, habits, rest, all those sort of things that we got to have you back on at some point so that we can talk about a lot of other things. I hope you will be a repeat guest here, and I'd love to have you back on. And uh, glad you made the time
1: to be here with us this morning in this short segment. Hey, it definitely will be my pleasure. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you, Jared. I appreciate you. Thank you. And you keep up the good work. You're doing a great job.
0: Thanks so much. All right, buddy.
2: There is a fountain Filled with blood Drawn from Just below.